This is Truth First, prospering sanctification for God's glory. This is episode one of a nine-part series on the greatest commandment, loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Today's podcast looks at loving God with all our heart, and we're going to break this into three small pieces. Firstly, to know God and behold him as our treasure. Secondly, that our hearts have been created to worship God. And thirdly, that God has put a knowledge in our hearts of the eternal life. So the first piece then, to know God and behold him as our treasure. Psalm 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. And that give you the desire of your heart isn't that he will just answer any prayer requests that we present to God. What that means is if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will shape or mold our heart so that the thing we desire is God. He will mold our hearts to desire God. He will shape the desire for us. So delight yourself in the Lord and he will shape the desire of your heart so that it will recalibrate what we want in life. You know, that we won't be pursuing the things of the world that that fade away, but that we will be pursuing that eternal relationship of a loving relationship with God. King David prized God more than anything else. In Psalm 21 verses 1 and 2, he says, O Lord, the king rejoices in your strength. How great is his joy in the victories you give. You have granted him the desire of his heart and have not withheld the request from his lips. So in Psalm 21, we see that King David is fully enjoying what it is that God has given him in the joy of his heart. Later on in Psalm 27 verse 4, we see what it is that David prayed, that request that he put to God, that he was rejoicing for in, in Psalm 21. In Psalm 27 verse 4, he states for us what that one thing was. This is what it says in Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That was the one thing that David desired. Psalm 63 verses two and three says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. King David prayed that the one thing that he would desire to be in God's presence and to behold his beauty. And in Psalm 63, we see that he is in the sanctuary beholding the power and the glory of God. And in Psalm 21, he is rejoicing in that strength that he has not been withheld that one desire of his heart. God gave him that. I think we need to you know, take stock of what it is our heart is desiring. You know, is it desiring a, a career, a family, money, a bigger house, a faster car, new towels in our bathroom? You know, none of those are inherently wrong. But if they take precedence over all other desires, 
they can become a stumbling block. The one thing that we need to desire over all of those, it is fine to desire a successful career and to have a family and to have wealth and to be comfortably, comfortable financially. It's fine to have those desires, but first and foremost, we need to desire God and to be close to God and to love God. When we pursue the earthly things over and above the things of God, things seem meaningless and unfulfilling. Something is missing. Ecclesiastes 1 verses 2 to 4 says, Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does man gain from all his labor which he toils under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. You know, what does it mean at the end of the day if we've had all of this hard work to have a career, to provide for the family, to be comfortable financially, to have a bigger house, a faster car or fresher towels in the bathroom? If we have all of that and at the end of the day we don't have God or we don't love God or we don't behold his beauty or we don't just sit in his sanctuary to enjoy him, this is what Ecclesiastes is talking about when it says meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. All of those worldly things will pass away. It's the glory of God that we need to behold. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. We need to make God our treasure, knowing God and beholding him as our treasure. And there are many ways that we can come to know God the Father. We can know God the Father through his son Jesus, through his creation, and most emphatically through the word of God. To know God the Father through his son Jesus, John chapter 14 verse 9, Jesus speaking, he says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is God. He is the reflection of God the Father. He is the love of God. Whoever has seen me, Jesus says, has seen the Father. If we want to know God the Father more, we need to get a closer relationship with his son, Jesus. We can also know God the Father through creation. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. God the Father is evidenced if we just take a walk on a sunny day or go for a hike up the mountains. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. In, in the Bible, Job chapter 38 and chapter 39 have an expansive list of how creation is declaring God's glory. Just a few of the things mentioned in those chapters are the earth's foundation that he laid, the dawn, the dusk, the light, the sea, the waves, snow, hail, lightning, the desert, the grass in the desert, stars, the constellation of Orion, the clouds, birthing mountain goats, wild ox, the hawk's flight path, the eagle's nest. That's only a few of the things that are mentioned in Job chapter 38 and chapter 39. Have a look at those chapters and just see how exhaustive 
and how expansive God's hand in creation really is. If we go even just out in the park for a walk, we cannot deny God's hand around us if we would just open our eyes to see his glory through his creation. And then a third way that we can know God the Father is through his word. John 14 verse 23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And that's a beautiful thing to make our home. This is God the Father and Jesus. We will come to him and make our home with him. To know God is to know his word and to obey his teaching. And then we know him intimately enough that he abides with us in our home. We know people, our friends and our family, when they come to visit with us in our home, we get to know them better, more intimately. And that's what we want from God the Father. And his word, all of his commands will help us to understand who God is, his love for us, his desire for a relationship with us. And when we desire that relationship back with him, our hearts will want to love him, we will want to obey him, and we will get to see him even more as that intimacy grows, as he enters in with his son Jesus into our homes to make home with us. What a privilege. Our heart's deepest desire is to long for God. I think we know that deep down, but we sometimes get so consumed with life, with the fast pace of it, that other priorities that are pressing on us, deadlines that have to be made, bills that have to be paid, rent, mortgages that have to be paid, meals that have to be made, children that have to be raised, occupations that have to be worked at, all of those can become so pressing that we forget that the deepest desire of our heart is really longing for God. And like King David, we need to pray that back to God, delight ourselves in the Lord, and he will shape the desire of our heart to long for God, that we will desire to just sit in his sanctuary and to behold his beauty. Second, our hearts were created to worship God. And I think even before we truly knew God, before we had a Christian faith, our hearts are aware that there's something more in us than work, family, life. We are created to worship God and all creation is designed to worship God. Luke chapter 19 verses 38 to 41 say, when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Jesus will be worshipped. God will be worshipped on earth, if not by man, then by nature. 
and not just on earth and by nature, but even in heaven. Revelation chapter 4, verses 8 through 11 say, Day and night they never stop singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you create all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And it's not just the 24 elders in heaven and those around the throne who are worshiping God in heaven. Revelation 5 verses 11 through 13 show us just how extensive the worship of God is. Verses 11 through 13 say, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is living in them singing to him who sits on the throne and the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. All of nature, all of men and women on heaven and on earth will worship God. Our hearts have been created and designed by God to worship God. If we want to love God with all our hearts, we need to allow our hearts that liberty that has already been designed into them to worship God. And our love for God is just expressed in that natural worship that will naturally be generated if we allow our hearts to just love God. I'm going to read Psalm 150. I'll read it in full. It's only a short psalm. It's six verses. And again, it's um, by King David, who's, as we've seen, one desire was to be in the presence of God, to be in his temple and to behold his beauty. And David, he, he declares, God answered that prayer. He was in his presence. His heart was over, overwhelmed and he was rejoicing in God's presence. Let's have a look at just that outpouring of our hearts in, that happens when we are in that presence of God. So Psalm 156, short verses, and see if you can just count up how many times the word praise is in this very short psalm. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 13 times 
in that short psalm, David shouts out, praise the Lord. His heart is so overwhelmed by being in the presence of God. His heart so desires God that all he can do is just naturally gush out praise to God. That is loving God with all our hearts. The third piece in this section is how our hearts have a knowledge of eternity. We're not going to just praise God here on earth. We're going to praise him for eternity in heaven. I think our hearts, if we allow our hearts to just ponder, we know there is more to life than what we have on earth. We know there's something more. If all we focus on are the worldly things, the career, the family, the uh, finances, the providing for our family, our home, our car, whatever it is, if all we focus on are those things, that's why we see that verse in Ecclesiastes that I read earlier, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Generations come and generations go. It all is meaningless if we just focus on the here and now. And I think our hearts know well that there is more. In fact, the word of God states that that is the truth that our hearts know. There is more than the here and now. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom the work God has done from the beginning to the end. So even though we can't fully fathom the beginning of time and the end of time and what eternity means, we still have a sense of it set in our hearts that eternity is there. You know, I think about, um, you know, wakes in Ireland and uh, when I was at my father's wake several years ago, um, and he was laid out um, in the bedroom where he passed in, in the family home. It's clear that when we look at that body, that something is gone. You know, the body remains. But what is it about that body that is different? Something has left that body. And of course, we know it's the soul. It's more than just breath. It's more than the oxygen coming into the body. There's something more powerful than that that is missing when we look at the dead body of a loved one. Their body is there, but something, the life in them is gone. You know, what is that that has gone? And where did it go? It's the living soul that has departed from that body. And I remember asking my dad as he was on his deathbed, do you know Jesus as your saviour? And he said, yes, I do. So I know where his soul has gone. His soul departed him and it is in heaven. And I know that one day when my soul departs my body, it's going to be in heaven. Through Christ and his blood offering, I have a place in heaven. I know where my eternity is. Luke chapter 12 
verses 33 to 34 warn us that we need to be aware of that sense of eternity. We need to understand it here on earth. We need to be heaven-minded. Luke chapter 12, verses 33-34 say, Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that do not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief can come near and no moth can destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our hearts know that there is eternal life. And our hearts are searching for that. And they know that it is in God. And our hearts know that the true love of God is worshipping him, not just in heaven, which we will do with the thousands and the tens of thousands, time tens of thousands, but to do this now here on earth. John 17 verse 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Let me read that again, just to show that the eternal life that we know exists isn't just the next life in heaven. It's the life here on earth now. This is our life now on earth, and we do have a place in eternity. John 17, 3 again says, Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Our hearts are born and created to love the Lord our God. Are you doing that with your heart? Do you recognize that he is your creator God, that he is the creator of the universe, that he is the creator of earth and heaven and that you do have a place with him for all eternity. Let me close out this episode one with a blessing. I'm just going to read Psalm 100 verses 1 through 5. A psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. God bless you all. This is Andrea LaFountain from Truth First Ministry.